Hello, Scrappers! It's your benevolent GM and internet hive mind Sam, here to talk directly to you, the listener, for just a moment. This is the 10th episode of Pot Against the Machine. 10! I can't believe it. Over the last couple of months, all of the support and feedback from all of you, I can't tell you how much it's meant to all of us. You are all amazing, and I sincerely hope that you're getting even a small fraction of enjoyment out of listening to the show that we're getting out of making it. Does that make sense? I think that made sense. Anyways, pleasantries and deeply felt gratitude aside, I want to get to the real reason I'm seizing the top of today's episode. In celebration of our 10th episode and of hitting 5,000 total downloads, we're going to do a giveaway. We're going to send sets of the official Iron Gods dice from Q Workshop, maybe along with a little bonus surprise, to three lucky winners. How do you enter, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you, even if you don't ask, because I can't hear you, I have no idea if you're asking or not. The details are going to be in the show notes and floating around on social media this morning, but I'll give you a quick rundown right now. The giveaway will run for one week and one week only. All entries must be in before midnight Pacific time on March 3rd. There are three ways to enter. Number one, we'll be posting an official giveaway tweet on the Pot Against the Machine feed this morning. To enter, give that tweet a, a like and a retweet and make sure you're following at Pod vs. Machine 2. Number two, join our official Pod Against the Machine Discord server. The link, as it has been for a couple weeks now, is in the show notes. Those of you already in the server, you're already entered. No need to leave and rejoin. It's a fun place to hang out, talk about the show, TTRPGs in general, and of course, the eternal war of attrition between Sam's and Jeff's. Number three, and this is the big one, to get double credit, that's right, two whole entries, you can post a review of Pod Against the Machine on your podcatching service of choice, be it Apple Music, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, or something else. Just make sure you send us a screenshot of the review so we know who posted it. You can add us on Twitter with that, or email podagainstthemachine at gmail.com, or post it on the Discord. Any way you can get it in front of our faces. Reviews are the lifeblood of the small independent podcaster, hence the double credit. I guess that's all I've got, so I'm going to let you get to the episode. We're getting into the heart of book one right now, and I'm very excited about where the story is going. Independent of any giveaways, we always love to hear from our listeners in any format you want to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter, Discord, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, or you can email us directly at potagainstthemachine at gmail.com. We read everything that comes in, but uh, I guess I already said I was done, and this time I'm not lying. This is Pot Against the Machine. Pot Against the Machine. Welcome to Pod Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast where no one knows each other's names. <laughs> I am your host, my name doesn't matter. <laughs> and we will kick it to Jerome. Hey, uh, you know what, for this week, since we're doing names, uh, I'm going to go with my first name this week. This is Andrew, and uh, I am playing Vargas, and I'm going to kick it over to Jeff this time. Oh, but I missed my reflex save, and it hits me in the face, and I'm embarrassed. But I am Jeff, and I am playing Asher Helich, the gunslinger, who is gunful, but his gun is jammed. How about Izzy? <laughs> yeah, so that one come in. I assume anytime there's an awkward pause, it's going to be my turn next as per my life rules. I'm Izzy. I am playing Kira. And uh, you know what? I don't know that I've picked up the ball that I dropped last session. So I think I'm just going to keep kicking it along and we'll hope for better in oh God, episode 11. That'll be in the next one. Zach, please save me from this torment. Well, um... God, I, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was gonna say i don't think it can be more awkward than that but then here we go anyway hi everybody i'm zach i'm playing brixby rent tail um so yeah <laughs> how about that uh when we last left our heroes 
they had explored further in the underground desert environment. Um, well, first they tried to study some spells and were attacked by more skeletons, one of whom very sneakily uh, snuck off into some caves to the north. The party, after some debate, decided to follow the skeleton into the obvious trap, uh, found some ancient remains of what appeared to be a campsite, some cave paintings, and eventually they found their trap. Uh, it was one of those horrible coral rock monster things along with the escape skeleton and it was a pretty rough fight but the party emerged victorious and the skeleton is on the ground in a pile of bones and the rock monster is on the ground in a pile of rock and the room where the rock monster lived had even more cave paintings and uh, the largest pile of ancient campsite yet, along with a mural of some sort of burning oblong object and some four-armed Kasatha on the ground kneeling before it. And that is where we are. It just didn't feel right to interject at the previous episode. Would a 21 total knowledge local reveal anything else about this mural? I don't know that you'd get anything new with that and with that knowledge local you definitely have heard some of the same things that Vargas has been talking about with the reign of stars and how it's sort of a uniquely Numerian event where stars or bits of sky metal fell from the sky and peppered the ground in various places throughout the region awesome we didn't do a uh, perception of this room did we last week do not believe you did. Vargas is just going to dig through everything and not find anything with a seven. Yeah, with a seven, it looks like more um, broken pieces of campsite, tribal artwork, jewelry. Looks like all crap. Well, crap is kind of Rixby's thing. It didn't come out exactly right, but <laughs> canonically it's there. Um, I'm going to roll my perception check now. Uh, starting off this week with an eight plus an eight for a 16 unless there is high-tech or mechanical crap and then it's a 17. <laughs> the best <laughs> there is no high-tech or mechanical crap but uh, amongst the broken bits Brixby does find a rather well-preserved uh, piece of jewelry a necklace that has a an oversized jewel on it made of amber trapped insects um, well, the made of amber with insects trapped inside in surprisingly good shape given the shape of everything else around it. Does an 18 find a dinosaur? No dinosaur, no. I'm afraid just the necklace is the only thing. You can have it. <laughs> so should I be appraising this thing? Or is this more of a, does it look so interesting and unique that perhaps one might want to detect if it possesses arcane qualities. You know what I mean? Well, that would be a judgment call for one to make, would it not be? Well, <laughs> um, given that it's Brixby, uh, he's going to go with a skill he knows, and he'd love to appraise this item. Rolling great for something probably useless, that's a 26. Well, with a 26, uh, this looks like it would be a fairly... Um, expensive jewel given that it's a pretty big chunk of amber but actually looking pretty closely at the bugs inside they don't look like any insect species you've ever seen so this looks like something possibly of alien origin and given the age and the condition of everything around it you think it might be magical Vargas can do uh, detect magic on it All right, it does appear to be magical Eight. that is a 22 spellcraft that is plenty to recognize this rather valuable item and perhaps a low-level adventurer's best friend. This is a Swarm Bane Clasp. Ooh. This um, certainly doesn't bode well to find this yeah. here. Vargas uh, sees it. He says, let me take a look at that. And he holds it. He kind of concentrates on it. And he hands it back. He goes, it's something that can be used to drive away swarms. I've never seen anything quite like these insects inside it, but the magic that's cast on it, that appears to be what it does. 
Uh, Swarm Bane clasp um, specifically uh, allows your the wearer's weapons, natural attacks, unarmed yeah, attacks. Yeah, I'm assuming it gives them Bane against Swarms, right? <laughs> no, it actually is even better. It allows you to deal oh. full damage to Swarms with any any weapon, regardless of the Swarm's immunity to weapon oh, damage. Nice. Um, oh, that's even better than I thought it was. I figured you just got extra Bane damage. It also renders you immune to uh, Swarm's distraction abilities. I think that Big Stuff might do quite well with this. You know, if if others are interested, I'm going to take my name out of the hat. I've got tricks, some things in my pack, but from what I've seen, creatures so small, so fine, they can't be split with an axe or a hammer. Plus, you're usually up front. Would make the most sense. I also hate swarms. I know it doesn't really doesn't quite go with your color scheme, but perhaps when you return to town, you can decorate it more appropriately. <laughs> uh, the rest of us all have uh, abilities that can at least do partial damage to anything Swarm likely may run into, and he'll hand it over to Kira. And Asher's right. We can get back to town. You can put that on top of a small walking stick. We can get you an all-white outfit. It'll be great. <laughs> I'm going to open a park. I'm going to get a Jeep. I'm going to abandon my nephew. <laughs> Grandson, I think. Grandson sounds right. Grandson. <laughs> <laughs> While you're identifying and doing all this, uh, unless somebody tells him not to, Asher would have already been starting to work on repairing his gun. Um, yeah. I mean, Brixby... Aside from already using 15 minutes of the party's time to do his own studies earlier today, realizes how crucial that gun is to you, both in combat and just as a possession. It seems to be very valuable to you. So, accordingly, is quite willing to give Asher the amount of time he needs. Plus, a gun has saved us more than once. It's worth waiting for. Can't of you to say. That was me, not Asher. <laughs> Thick Portland accent. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're Portlanders are often mischaracterized as hipsters, but little known fact, deep twang in the pe- in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> While we're waiting for Asher to repair his gun, I think um Kira will A take this necklace thing and be like I guess if you guys are sure you want me to have this, it doesn't match, but I can fix that. Um, Take it and put it on, and then she will kind of sidle over to um, to Brixby and say, "Are are you still feeling like kind of gross?" Yeah, um, I mean, it just reminds me of the first night I spent on the Seven Tears River. I was on a big ship with a bunch of shiny armored crusaders up to the world wound and I uh, I drank rum for the first time in my life. I lived that day and uh, I'm sure this hangover feeling will go away again. But thanks for asking. Got a uh, sympathy for your mum. My head. Ugh. It's not it's not just her. I think this this thing whatever it is it just it's it's spreading through town. I I haven't felt right since, I don't know, I guess a couple days after the torch went out. Although I can still hit stuff on occasion, depending on a number of other things. If it's making you sick, it could make the rest of us sick too. I don't know if fixing the torch will help this, but it has to do something for, for you and, and, and my mom and, and I guess me too. Yeah, um, well I think it's our, our only chance, as you said, big stuff. If not the torch... Maybe Connor knows what's going on. I've never met him, but seems everyone here respects his opinion, here being Dodge. But I'm hoping that we will start getting answers and not more questions in this strange chamber. He'll look back over to the kneeling Kasatha uh, drawing. It's just, it's hard to shake. I don't know how old this chamber is, but it feels older than almost anything I've ever been in. And the hour will pass without anything coming to harass you. It seems 
safe enough in this little cul-de-sac of a cave. And Asher is able to repair his gun. Thank you all for your patience. I do hope to not have to do this again for some time. It certainly limits my ability to contribute when this isn't functioning. Well, our um, capacities at range are still quite limited, despite the arcane predilections of myself and Junk Punch. So, it is an essential member of our team. You, but the gun as well. He jokes. <laughs> Smiles up at you. What is kind of you to say? However, well, we did not receive any more attacks or threats down here. I don't know if the same could be said to be true for Connor and the rest of those who might be down here still. We should continue perhaps heading towards the trail, resuming our pursuit. How much more time do we have on our uh, uh, water breathing? I'd say you're about halfway through it for the day, between the fights and the long walk and the restudying and now the repair. Probably you've gone through about three hours. All right. Um, cool. Well, uh, sounds good. I'm, uh, down to defer to your tracking skills. Yes, perhaps they'll lead us into a destination a bit more directly than they have so far. And with that, he'll begin walking back towards the narrow entrance to this cave and back out into the wide and mysterious desert expanse. So you retrace your steps out through the um, caves and through the narrow opening and back out to the larger desert world where you can see in the distance the Kasatha skeletons still laying where you left them and this sheer cliff wall that goes straight up to the ceiling or at least disappears into the darkness above um, curves around towards the south and as you head south there's a, a rocky outcropping that uh, sticks up a good 15-25 feet uh, above the ground but it looks like it's sort of just a, a plateau up there it looks climbable hmm could be worth seeing what's up there perhaps we'll get a better vantage point I could um take a peek uh, Brixby will come on over to the rock outcropping and attempt a climb check. That is a 19. The 16 off the die, plus 3. Yeah, with a nine, Die hard dice. <laughs> with a 19, Brixby is able to scramble up the rough stones onto the uh, sort of sandstone plateau that's in the, the middle of the room here. You get a slightly better vantage point and you can see there's um, it's almost like a miniature mountain beyond you to the south that extends up into the darkness. It definitely looks rougher to climb than what you're on. And the desert wraps around it to both sides and it looks like you can see another of these plateaus to the southeast along the edge of the mountain there. Uh, Alright. Brixby will call back down, not really afraid of maintaining a stealthy presence in the room as they have loudly destroyed multiple skeletons and a rock with tentacles. Scoot on his butt down the side and rejoin the party saying, um, nothing. Just, uh, seems we should continue heading to the southeast. It's another vantage point down there. I can, um, take a scramble up and look. Excellent. Appreciate your ability to climb. It's certainly not something I'm quick to do capable of, but, well, this is awful radio, we should edit it out. <laughs> ah, where I'm from, ah, Chitterhome is nothing but tunnels, and more tunnels, and holes, and burrows. We've got to climb to get everywhere. I've done my fair share of falling to learn, though. It's interesting, is it customary in Chitterhome to establish the amount of falling necessary for each person? Whether you could tell if it's an unfair share or a fair share. Answer the question, Brixby. Did you do more falling or less falling? Ah, uh, well, I certainly did less falling than, say, my brother Fauf, who is a bit less predisposed towards the physical arts as a paragon of your soaky kind as you see before yourself. He, uh, continues to waddle towards the outcropping. <laughs> but yeah, I fell a good deal. I'm better at climbing than my sisters, too. By all means, you're more than welcome to go up this time if you'd like. Can you do that? 
come to this outcropping where once again you have like this miniature mountain and then um, this sort of sandstone looking outcropping that rises up a little ways and on top of that another one of these miniature mountains and then you have your steep cliff wall that here it, it juts out abruptly uh, from the surface where it had been and seems to kind of point into the room so the spot you're in is kind of bisecting the room almost and I don't know if it's like a dungeoneering or geography but do these mountains look natural i mean i know nothing else in this room looks natural like the sky metal ceiling or you know uh, just the fact that it is a completely different climate and uh humidity but like yeah do these do these look like oddly symmetrical mountains do they look like they're matching or do they look a lot like they'd be natural rock formations uh, you could roll like a nature or an engineering to try to figure that out um, I do have... Did you say dungeoneering or engineering? Engineering. Engineering? Cool. All right. With my negative one for my headache, that'll be a 16 in total. You'd say in your estimation, it, it doesn't look artificially manufactured. It, it looks like rocks that you'd see anywhere else. Ah. Well, it looks like I guess we all have to go up. A climb chance. So, you know, I guess I, I will climb up. No reason for just Kira to go up. So five on the die giving me an eight. Uh, with an eight, yeah, you can't quite get up. You can't find a good foothold. That is a two on the die for a three. <laughs> yeah, same. You um, almost trip over your own feet trying to get up and, and fall down into the sand. My sisters are really bad at climbing. It's odd how much uh, more slick this rock is than the other rock, Kira, right? It's like it's covered it's just... in butter. Yeah, it's strange. Did I cast the grease spell? Whoops. Uh, all right, I'm going to try another climb. That's much better. 13 on the die, giving me a 16. Yeah, you're able to scramble up this time. Vargas had gotten a uh, natural 6 to also give him an 8. <laughs> Yeah, with an eight, you you can't find a good place to hold on. Yeah. All right, with a with a big old natural negative, well, natural with a negative three modifier. Let's see how hot I can roll this climb check. Oh, that's a zero. Roll to three, <laughs> minus three. Well, Asher actually does manage to get like two feet off the ground and then fall right off at the side. Um, into the sand. Rolls are going <laughs> yeah, down. We're super bad at climbing. <laughs> second uh, second climb check, 14 for uh, 15. <laughs> You're able to make it up on the second try. Yaggity sex. Vargas's second try was a 5 for a 7. So one less than last time. Does that make it up? No, for some reason that doesn't seem to do it. Brixby will attempt to aid, I guess Vargas, just because he was right in front of him. Um, I do not aid you. <laughs> Surprisingly, my tiny rat arms are not long enough to reach down and uh, grab you. Sorry, buddy. I got a natural 20 for an aid, which will not help Asher, but could help Vargas? Uh, not really, because Vargas got another six, so that's an eight again. <laughs> On a different die. The last one was my uh, crappy Pax die. This time was my uh, fancy uh, Norse Foundry die, which also rolled a six. So, awesome. Now, any, just call chance, it. any chance when you were on that rope buying spree for the Skulks, you bought any for yourselves? I don't know. Will an 11 get me up? Because that was what I got this most recent roll. My second uh, try. Yeah, an 11 gets you up on the second try. So, 14 on the Neapolitan dice for a adjusted 11. <laughs> yes. Does a oh actually I know it does because an eleven made it up. So a thirteen I'm assuming makes it up. Yep, thirteen makes it. So Vargas finally gets up onto the little plateau in the middle of the room. See, I really think moments like this, this is really fan service for the pot against the machine <laughs> listener. This is what they come to us. But other podcasts would just edit out, but we'll leave in the full five minutes of us failing to climb a cliff face. <laughs> Honesty. 
This is the glory of low-level play right here. <laughs> well, at least we can say we've thoroughly explored the northern part of the room. And now the trail which we saw well over an hour ago, we've returned to confidently. Yeah, you do find on the southern side of this um, rocky outcropping that you are looking down at a trail. The sort of worn path in the sand that heads, uh, it runs east-west and looks like once it gets to the eastern side of the room, it turns to the south. We hop on down or slide down. Maybe no one hops. That It took us a while to get up. We should take our time getting down. Thirteen to climb down. With a 13, you can get down just fine. You can do acro- acrobatics to hop on down on this. I would have dramatically changed that roll to a mi- from a minus three to a plus six. Well, that's a one for a two. Uh, with a two, you take a little bit of a tumble on the way down. I'm going to say you take one non-lethal damage as you fall down the side of this cliff here. I just wanted to see uh, if the ground here is physically the same as the ground on the because of the cave and all of the magic and science going on there is a chance that maybe it wasn't the same but it is it's the same <laughs> Bricks is going to try to jump down there's a six on the die Sam giving me a nine alright you make it just fine a Ten on the die for Vargas, making it a twelve for either or, because his uh, acrobatics and climb are both plus two. So whichever seems uh, more impressive at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're able to make it down without hurting yourself. Sometimes that's all you can ask for. So, Asher, which way should we follow this trail? Seems the south is, uh, most likely direction. As you follow the path down to the south, it seems to wrap around the cliff there and lead to another cave opening. And and as you get closer to it, it seems that this cavern is... There's a, a crisp glow to it. There's some kind of light, but you can't see a source. Interesting. And uh, behind us to the west, are those comparable plateaus that we could scramble up on and use as a vantage point? Yeah, there are two plateaus, one that's kind of along the southern wall and then one a little north of that. Brixby, do you want to climb up and I'll, again, I'm just going to check the ground a little more. <laughs> Different ground now. Yeah. I, I, I do not want to stand in the way of your academic studies. Uh, 12 for a 15. Uh, you're able to get up just fine with a 15. It took three tries, but Asher finally got to an 11 and manages to climb up the southern plateau. Nice. And you're both with your dark vision. Um, you can see more expanses of desert from where you are. It doesn't look like there's anything moving in here. The outcropping that Asher's on seems to hug the wall for quite a ways here, disappears off into the darkness, but if he um, if he follows it, it seems to keep going for several hundred feet, but there doesn't look like there's anything moving down here. Hmm. This keeps going. As much as I'm curious about how far this goes, I'm also aware that uh, water breathing won't last forever. I'm content that nothing is lurking immediately that direction to the west. 14 acrobatics to hop down somewhat gracefully. Completely wasted natural 20 to hop down with tons of grace. Very nice. Get a nice (laughs) flip in and everyone's very impressed. Yeah, good climbing. Thank you, everyone. Or is he going to say, what did you say when you were up there? <laughs> like to imagine that what? as Brixby jumped down, his tail blade like swooshed through the air and made like a heart poof, of cloud smoke. <laughs> and he just lands in a hero pose. That was impressive. It's about the only thing I've done in this cave that's too impressive. So uh, don't gawk. Let's go. Let's approach the glow. It's like a friendly campfire, probably. Approach the glow. I see you've made it, travelers. It's me, Connor Bane. Let's light the torch together. 
Stay a while and listen. Yes, I've heard Diablo. Got Connor, Bane, Deckard, Kane. It's all coming together. Mm-hmm. The law. <laughs> and as you head into this narrow cavern... We find a Herodric cube. Yes. <laughs> and a scroll of town portal. Yes. <laughs> and we just need Wurt's leg and we can go to the cow dimension. <laughs> There's like 13 people who are loving this. <laughs> um, and then this narrow cave, which glows with an odd light, uh, seems to go past the end of the path about 15 feet and then stops at a rock wall. Asher will stick his hand out to see if it passes through the wall, remembering that there was a, what appeared like a fake wall that they came through on the other side. Why don't you roll a will save? Okay. <laughs> uh, natural one. Oh, no. Very nice. So everything seems totally normal. <clears throat> Asher, he feels a real rock wall. Asher, is that a real rock wall? I thought it might not be. I remember from before we had to mark the spot we came through, which we definitely declare that we did on record. But uh, this appears to just be a wall, and he'll just walk away. Well, I trust his judgment 100%. It looks like this isn't the right way to go. Zod, I don't know how the path come in here and just end. It doesn't make sense. We could follow it to its other end. Perhaps this is um, a decoy, or... He'll kind of turn back and... So, well, perhaps there's a, a secret door in this completely solid rock. Let me just take a take a look here in overall knowledge engineering. See if there's any sort of mechanical thing for a 13. At the mention of a secret door, I'd like to also roll a perception or engineering, whatever you prefer. Uh, probably perception. It's a 21. Um, and if they're trap, high-tech, mechanical, yada, yada, 22. Well, um, you don't find any kind of a secret door, but when you're messing around with the wall, you hear something. You hear like a sort of mechanical, like, and it seems like something in front of you moved, even though it looks exactly the same. Does, does that give me another will save? <gasps> um, yeah, I would say actually you both get will oh, saves since you're interacting. Help. Oh, tight. <sighs> that is an 11 for Brixby. Unless it's a spell or spell-like ability, and then it's a 13. I'm going to give Portal Dice a chance to redeem itself. You know what you did earlier. Let's try again. No, no, it does not. That, uh, that was a natural 4 for a 6. I hear something. Well, luckily for both of you, it actually is a DC 11 will save for Rixby to realize that the rock wall here is a hologram. It's not real. There's, And it seems that there was a door here that you managed to accidentally <laughs> open by touching it. <laughs> and so the door is open and you can just walk right through the hologram. Whoa. Asher, you said this was a real wall. That's why Asher thought it was there. He touched the door. And we see Brixby walk through a, a wall, and Asher is astonished. Must have some way of becoming incorporeal. I'm uh, all full of tricks, but uh, not that one. At least, not yet. Huh? Um, this is some sort of trick. And he pops his head back through, wiggles his hands through almost stockade style for a moment and then I'm pretty sure you all can just push through. Asher will grasp his holy symbol and walk bravely into the unknown. <laughs> and as you step into this um, little metal room you find that it's brightly lit by glowing panels built into the ceiling above. To the left and right there are a series of complex machines consisting of spiral tubes with nozzles and these uh, machines are twitching and humming erratically. They appear to be active, but it's, it's not necessarily clear what they're doing. 
uh, can we roll a knowledge engineering to check these out with our technologist feats? Yeah, go for it. This is pretty excellent roll, but I gotta remember to take my negative one off, so that would be a 25, Sam. With a 25, uh, these, whatever they are, um, when they appear to be you know, some kind of maybe cleaning devices based on the nozzles or something, but they appear to be broken and uh, it, they might be dangerous. Um, this appears to be a machine that cleans or perhaps repairs. Not quite sure, it's a little unclear to me, but they're broken and dangerous could be just like that robot we found before hmm. be careful and don't touch anything is that so that's pretty much all we got from it did we see any sort of you know there wasn't any like debug or anything else that was kind of i guess that'd be more of a craft mechanical or you can't repair anything and mechanically this looks more like a, a trap effectively than anything else this would be the kind of thing where you might be able to disable device put it in mechanical terms. Well, that is something I can do. So, um, if this is a mechanical or high-tech trap, I'm going to add another one onto this roll here. Yeah, you finally get to do it! <laughs> wow! That's that's some real fan service right there. So, 12 on the die. Um, this is not affected by my headache, so 8 and 1. So that'll be a 21 in total. You're welcome, fans. You die. Sadly, the 21 doesn't seem to do it. No. These things are still whirring and humming, and it looks like whatever they're doing, they're going to be doing it soon. There is a a door on the opposite end of this room. With a craft mechanical roll, could Asher aid Brixby's attempt? Um, do you have disabled device as a train no. skill? No, that's why I asked about craft mechanical, sir. <laughs> Unfortunately, according to the rules of Pathfinder, you can only only aid on a check you can make yourself. I was gonna try to make so. like a like a complementary with an E, complementary aid. So it's not the same check. It's just one that <laughs> build your own kind of helps yeah. it out. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Brixby's curiosity makes him want to try again, but he is aware there are three other people in this room that may want him to turn his attention to the door behind him. He's still holding his tools in front of the machine. Well, could uh, someone else could check and see if the door is already unlocked. We might not even need Brixby for it. I am the only one with the skill of taking my thumb and forefinger and rotating... <laughs> Whatever futuristic knob is on this door. No, that is true. In fact, actually, uh, Vargas will say, uh, give it another try. I'm going to see if this door is open. And he'll walk up to this nondescript door and see if there is an obvious way to open it. Yeah, like the moment Vargas touches it, uh, it just opens on contact. Well done, Vargas. And when that door opens, it reveals a, a long middle hallway which uh, culminates in a double door straight ahead of you. Uh, This is all brightly lit uh, by those same glowing panels in the ceiling and um, the same sky metal flooring and wall panels. And it takes a sharp corner to the right as well as stopping in that double door. So you've got options. You should go ahead. I don't trust a trap behind us. I want to disable this, but it might not work. you should go down the down the hallway. Oh, I don't see why we should all risk it. If there's a chance it might not work, someone should be here to, like, I don't know, roll you to safety, maybe? Well, that's presupposing there's anything left to roll, big stuff. But I'm never going to say no to company. I just realize this is dangerous. Please, for um, higher than a 12. Everybody who's still in that um, room with the... Uh, nozzle devices, uh, roll me a reflex save. So I believe that's everybody but Vargas. That's another 12 for a 17. Okay. Going for a record on ones in a single night. I've lost track. That's going to be a five total. My best roll 
Uh, in recent memory, <laughs> a 19 on the die for a 25. All right, so Brixby and Asher pass. Uh, Kira does not, and that is 10 electrical damage as the two uh, nozzle-bearing devices suddenly spark out a blast of electricity. Um, so 10 electricity damage for Brixby, and then we have uh, half damage. No, 10 for Kira, sorry, and then half for uh, Brixby and Asher. Ooh, that scared me. <laughs> like 20 damage is too many damage. That's interesting. Uh, did that appear to, did the trap go off, or does it appear to still be functioning and sparking? Uh, looks like it's still functioning. <laughs> like, you know what, on second thought, I'll just move a little further down the hall. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to take another whack at this disabled device, um, just because who knows what other effects this has, and we have to walk past this. So higher than 12, yeah. hopefully. Well, before it's, you do, should the, the other two move out of the room so they don't have to make the uh, it, fair check again? Yeah, that it will kill me, though. So. Asher looks completely unharmed and will stick around. Somebody will need to be here to heal you should this go awry. It went awry, but that's fine. Well, and Bricks rolled his third 12 in a row, which I do know does not work for this. Solidly, aggressively average. Nice. Yeah, these things are still running, and it looks like there's sort of no telling when they're going to fire off again. All right, one more time. That is one higher for a 13. So, oh, uh, sorry, altogether that would be a 22. They are still functioning. Do this all day, son. <laughs> all right. All right. Nope. That's a 10. Lower this time. Uh, make a reflex save. All right, here it comes. Oh, boy. There it is. That is a 2 on the die, giving me a reflex of a 7. Ooh. So. 11 for Asher. On the plus side, it's only 7 damage this time. On the minus side, you both fail to save. All right. Um, well, I will literally die if I fail this again. So, um, as my father used to say, uh, problem for future me. And <laughs> Brixby will put his tools back into his belt and move out of the room with some haste, encouraging Asher to go ahead of him. I am quite injured. I hate to ask, but... um. If I could have one of those healing bulbs. Certainly. Did it happen again? It happened again. Another <laughs> seven on this same D. I went back to that same D8. The uh, Fly Dangerous D8 from Work and See Gameworks. Uh, so eight to uh, Brixby. I know his name. Uh, and maximum nine for Kira. Is Brick still down a few? Six? I'm down four out of 16. I could live. I'm going to boop you, dude. Ah, boop me. And I got four exactly. Right on your beautiful Yasuki snoot. Perfect. That was... Ah, thank you, my snoot. Thanks, you too. (laughs) Um, Bricks looks visibly embarrassed. I'm, um... Sorry. I... Usually quite good with traps and snares. There's something about this technology. It's, even though it interests me, it's confusing. It's hard. Well, I would thoroughly enjoy an opportunity to study this more once we've relit the torch, found and saved Connor Bay, and just to be able to spend some time with this. It's fascinating. Yeah, maybe after all that, I can succeed on a simple disabled device trick. Might just be enough of a hero to satisfy one of my main class functions. Anyway, let's walk down this hallway. So heading down that hallway, um, you do come to the double door and also the right-hand turn. Just do a quick survival. I don't know how it works with this otherworldly metallic floors, but maybe some tracks could be discerned heading towards the double doors or down the other path. Uh, total of a 16 on survival. 
it's hard to tell with the metal flooring. It's it's not exactly the type that um, keeps tracks on it for long. I mean, some there was some sand tracked into the beginning of the corridor, like like somebody's come this way, but the sand only went in a few feet, and after that, there's not really any trail. Uh, can I make a regular perception check for? I probably know additional traps, right? But uh, twenty-one in case there are. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any traps or anything. You just sort of see this corridor wrap around the corner and continue going. If you do peek around the corner, you see that um, there's there are additional doors, one straight ahead after your right-hand turn and then one on the right. These double doors that are were closest to the entrance, uh, if Asher touches it, does it open automatically? Does it seem like it's locked? Uh, seems like it's locked. There is um, what looks like there's a little slot on the side of the door uh, with a glowing uh, light on it and a, a black stripe along the door. Interesting. Black stripe, you say? We found things that are like Vargas's card, didn't we? Didn't we find... We did? Yeah. You were actually given those by the Skulks, and I have a correction to make. The stripe on the little slot is brown, not black. Perfect. But we had brown ones, right? We had black e-picks and brown access cards. Everything you're saying is so true. Excellent. (laughs) Whoever is holding the access card, I suppose maybe Kira, just because she's been holding most of our stuff. Yeah, I think you've been giving Kira everything. Um, Kira, uh, do you still have those strange little cards we found from the the Skulks? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Uh, she'll take down her bag and, like, sift through the top layer of just, like, glitter that she usually keeps to protect things from any drops or falls um, until she <laughs> finds a card. Is it the one on the right-hand side or the up uh, straight down the hall that's... Or do they both have uh, them? This one over here. Oh, my God, you guys are... Yeah, it's the double door, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, I've heard dragons were always on the other side of double doors and figured we'd just get it out of the way. Uh, yeah, so try one of the cards. Dust off glitter because, again, I don't. It, it can mess up the card readers. Oh, is that a chip on that one? <laughs> yeah, turning it that way, um, it gives the satisfying little and the two little tiny green lights light up on the slot on the right, and there's a click inside the door. That's probably good, right? Let's head on in. Yes, excellent work deciphering this technology. And the door now opens with a, with a single touch, revealing a, a larger room. And the air in this room seems to buzz and hum with energy. There are strips of glowing rectangles lighting the room from above, while strange flickering windows line the east and west walls. A large glass-top circular table sits in the middle of the room. To the north sits a large metal desk covered with blinking lights, while a humming pillar of purple and black energy stands nearby, its sides flashing with tendrils of violet energy. A single golden panel flashes with a soft but incessant light on the side of this pillar. The thick layer of dust coats everything, diffusing the lights shining from the various sources, and many of the machines and windows seem to be cracked, damaged, or otherwise ruined. Uh, Brixby would like to explore the terminal. And Brixby heads over to the terminal. He does see some odd text on there. Some strange set of characters that he's seen before. Uh. He reaches into his sheaf of paper and pulls out some corresponding notes, lays them down beside the terminal, and attempts to sort of decode the language a bit. The words flashing on the screen appear to say, Pisteco Berezarpena in Andrafen, which would, Brixby would be able to piece together after a bit. This is power reset. Interesting. And does it seem like that prompt is encouraging me to, like, as in, like, power reset, yes? Or, like, that is the, that's like an alarm or indication? I mean, if it is that clear, obviously. I mean, it, it seems to basically be like, this is the power reset. Ah, it um, seems that this terminal serves as a, a power reset. Not sure if it's for those, um, strange devices in the front room caused us so much damage this odd uh, pillar 
behind us. Which, do any of us know anything about this pillar? Or thing of black energy? Knowledge engineering, craft mechanical, what do we need? You know, probably in engineering. I was gonna say, I doubt I'd know anything. <laughs> A bluff? Hmm, delicious. 26 knowledge engineering on the table. Very close. With my negative one, I have a 24. Looking over the um, various pieces of equipment in this room, especially the purple and black glowing energy, this appears to be uh, basically some kind of control center where you can manage all sorts of different things, but it also appears that just about everything in it is broken. That said, it's still an amazing engineering find, and there's and numbers of panels which you seem to be able to manipulate in tons of different ways. There's Androphin controls on everything. It looks like they amount to essentially keyboards. And the um, energy source, the purple or violet energy, looks a lot like the, the light of the flame that usually comes out of the top of the hill. Dear gods, do we, do we think the torch came from here? From, well, not, maybe, not, maybe not here in this room, but somewhere in this, wherever we are. That would make sense with how much is malfunctioning down here and how it itself is also broken. All of this inclines me to attempt to reset the power here at this terminal. Does anybody have any objections? You can just turn the town back on with a button and that's not weird? With everything, like you said, broken, we're not worried that turning whatever makes the torch back on isn't going to just burn us up. Or the town. I can say with full assurance that while I hold some of the technical knowledge here, I don't think any of us with our combined experience, learning, can say truly what makes the torch work or the extent of the consequences of meddling with power such as this. I might be inclined to take a risk, and that's why I'm asking. We may want to go further and not touch anything we can't undo. Well, perhaps the three of you should go to a safe distance and I can push this button and see what happens. Considering you're the only one who can put any of our broken bodies back together, I feel you're the least expendable. Why does anyone have to be expendable? I, If we don't know what it does, maybe we shouldn't touch it. Or not yet. I mean, this whole place has more sky metal than I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe this is enough to, like, kind of fix things. And, and I know, Vargas, you wanted to see the torch, but this is the same color. That's something, right? I'm so worried there may not be a safe distance if something goes wrong. The torch is powerful enough to melt down sky metal. There isn't anything else that can really do that. If something goes wrong, I'm pretty sure we're dead either way. Was that an argument for? It was basically an argument against, against uh, leaving Asher in here to press a button on his own. Like Vargas is thinking with the amount of power that's behind the torch, if something went wrong, it wouldn't matter if we were down a hallway. Like it would blow up all of us. Yes. Veto. So you tell Kingsley, give us an hour to get out of town <laughs> and then push this button with your tail. I don't even know. I can't leave Kingsley down here. Sam, are there any of the panels on this power source? Are any? Do any of them appear to be functioning that Rixby can determine what they do because of Androffin? I mean, it looks like there's any number of things that you could mess with and, and see what happens, see if they still do anything. Um, but it, it's hard to say what still works and what doesn't. And we've been down here like, what, we said three, three and a half, maybe going on four hours now? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because we were at three at the time that we fought the rock monster, so it's probably been another hour since then, looking at all this stuff. I, Izzy, really want to press the button. I don't know if Kira's on board. Brixby really wants to press the button, but he's trying to keep it low-key. I think we have about, what, a good hour before we have to turn around and hoof it back. We could explore a bit further down this hallway. We could solve the mystery of this room. Or 
well, I don't know if we're gonna solve the mystery of the room. We could push the button. That's probably a better way to put it. Can we do both? Provided that one doesn't completely eliminate our corporeal bodies, I suppose. We'll do that one second. <laughs> Should we allocate extra time since we do not have horses down here? You mentioned it, hoofing it would only take an hour for our return journey. I'm not sure on foot whether we should give ourselves an extra 30 minutes or perhaps an hour. Marcus is going to punch Asher in the face. <laughs> Roll the hit. Finally AC-18. happened. I feel like I'm usually really on top of that. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, that one actually that? took me a second. <laughs> that was good. That was solid. I was dying. I loved it. Um... Yeah, we can return to this room, take a peek down the hallway. I feel like I might be metagaming this a little bit, but I kind of like the idea of checking the hallway first in case pressing the button, like, stops us from being able to go that direction. We should find Connor if we can. If if we're going to melt down everything down here, he's one of the good ones. Well, I guess us too, and Kingsley. I'll send him out with Kingsley, and then we'll do some sort of rock, paper, scissors situation to figure out who presses the button. Well, I certainly respect the caution we've taken. If this room were to be a control of the torch somehow, it has operated for quite some time, and none of this is burned up. Surely it is degrading over time, but the torch being lit does not necessarily mean everything in here, including Connor Bain, if he should be nearby, would be to perish. My only argument for this is purely based off of curiosity, self-destructive as I recognize that impulse in myself to be. I could see a prudent argument for progressing forward until we find some sort of obstruction in our path that might be perhaps ameliorated by doing something at this terminal or this power source, seeing as we still have doors in front of us we haven't opened. Perhaps Kira is right. We can always take this risk later. But man, out of character, I really want to touch that. Mm, so bad. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a toughie. <laughs> um, what, well, maybe, maybe we can look around for an hour or, or, or less, even, like you said, and then if we don't find anything... You can mess with that thing all you want. All right. That seems um, cautious. I like that. So shall we head down this uh, this passage? Can we? Do we have the capability to relock the door if it is dangerous and other people haven't been able to get in? Uh, the door did zip shut behind you. Uh, it doesn't appear that it was locked from the inside. And when you touch it, it opens again. But after you step out, it'll zip shut again, and, and it appears to be that the brown strip is back on that card reader. So it looks like it, it's locked by default. Good. I, I don't know that I trust this purple-haired woman who would instruct skulks to murder everyone simply crosses their domain. So if, if there is good, or rather ill, that could come of what is in that room, I... I, for one, am grateful that it is now sealed again. This one here, does it look like it's got another one of those readers, or does it just open? Uh, you don't see a reader on, on that door, nor the one to the north. Okay, uh, Vargas then is going to reach out and attempt to just touch it like he did to the door at the end of the hallway to see if it opens. Yeah, this door opens on contact. And he'll uh, look back towards Brixby, and he said, he'll say, after you. All right. And these are all fancy pocket doors, of course. This one opens out into a curving metal hallway that goes both off to the north and the south, um, and it looks like up to the north there is another do- doorway across the hall. Maze. Asher will stay on this side. Actually, yeah, I'm going to oh. wait for uh, Brixby to roll his <laughs> thing if he wants to. Well, I mean, I'm already on the other oh, yeah, side if, of the door, yeah, so if there was a trap, yeah. there was going to be a trap. So... Um, yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm here, so I'm, I'm down to go either way. I'll do traps in front of us or check whatever else stores. But you you determined that there were no traps. <laughs> <laughs> you determined it the hard way by walking through the door. The barbarian method. No offense. Blood Rager. <laughs> Big map. You said we see a door to the north, but the south looks like it just goes along. Like, we don't see a door at the end of the south one. All uh, right, it, it curves, um, and you can't 
can't see around the curve. I say we head north. It seems as good as any. Alright, so you're heading into the, the long yeah. hallway and up to the north? Mm-hmm. And the uh, door up here has a, a card reader on it that looks much like the control room card reader, but the strip on this one is black. Find any black ones. Right? We just found five browns. Yeah. We did find yeah, we did find black epix. Black is just the, the color of epix it's just like the extent of the bonuses that grant, right? It's not coded to specific doors. I mean it, they kind of go along the same scale, like the um, mechanically speaking, like the different colors are kind of graded like um, brown is the lowest and then black and then there may be more colors. Yeah, so like a brownie pick can uh, disable technological traps, but it doesn't provide a bonus. And then a blackie pick can disable the same traps, but gives you a plus one. Could it also be used to pick a door like this? Yeah, you can use them to pick a lock. So I could try to pick through these doors, unless we want to check to the south before potentially inviting more technological terror into our life. Let's check the south first, and then there's still that northern passage in the previous hallway as well. Yeah. You're heading down to the south. We're just trying to get the map. Oh, Come on. Long hallway. Yeah, this map is not a game. As you follow the long and curving uh, metal hallway that is conveniently just over five feet in width the whole way, it wraps down around going for several hundred feet eventually it just stops at middle wall roll a perception here to see if there's well first i guess he's gonna stick his hand out and see if it's another one of those weird uh fake real fake doors yeah it looks like it's just a metal wall so i'm gonna roll to see if there's a secret door or anything nope i have no idea that is a six perception uh i will call attention to it to the rest of the party though and Vargas will point and say, Can any of you see if there's possibly another type of hidden door or something here? It seems odd that this would just end after such a long path. 19? 21. If it is high-tech, 22. <laughs> the 19 and 21 or 22 seem to confirm Vargas's suspicions that you are just at the end of a hallway. It's just a dead end. It doesn't look like it, like, collapsed or anything. It just ends in a wall. This is weird. Yeah, I believe it just ends. This hallway is beyond the scope of this adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, weird. Like, I figured if it would have been, like, nothing, it would have said, like, it was, like, rubble and you couldn't go past. Just the idea that there's, like, a 300-foot-long hallway that just ends in a wall just feels like we're missing something. Oh, we don't know. I mean, long dead-end hallways could have cultural significance to the Kasatha. I have no idea. <laughs> Don't be insensitive. I'm just trying to figure out if this place is... If the Kasatha built this or the Andorophams built this. I'm very confused on that point. This is just where they would run laps in the yeah. before time. This is where they get the cardio. I'm going to check this uh, last door before going back and giving that other one a lockpick try. Ah, uh, ye. Do we see any stripe on that uh, original double door, Sam? Nope, there's no stripe on this door. It looks like it's one of your standard not-locked fellas. Asher will follow what he's seen Vargas do and just reach his hand out and touch the door. As he touches the door, it immediately retreats into its pocket, revealing a large room that houses a large metal table surrounded by odd-looking chairs. To the west, what appears to be a transparent wall looks out over the strange desert valley. Four pillars support the 15-foot-high ceiling, while dozens of crude images of a pickaxe made of a skull and bones have been painted onto the walls with some sort of ivory pigment, along with several phrases in an unrecognizable language. Now, there is a four-armed person sitting at the table who looks a bit more lively than the skeletons did. Yes, he does. And he's sitting at the table, staring at all of you, puts one hand down, one of his four, on the table, and pushes himself up like he's just getting up to address all of you. And I'm going to bed. Don't you do <laughs> it! <laughs> I did it! 
<laughs> no. Ugh. Good nice, night, Sam. Sam. Clearly, no one is actually wishing you a good night. It's just a night. Have a night, Sam. Pod Against the Machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Can you see the cat? He made a cameo.